How to Beat the Racists, a Workers' Liberty Pamphlet, Scapegoating Refugees, Labour's New Racism. Anti-asylum bigotry is now the main cutting edge of British racism. The myth of masses of bogus asylum seekers descending on soft-touch Britain and pushing their way to the front of the queue to get preferential treatment has been peddled by every tabloid and every pub bigot. The main perpetrators, the people who make this racism seem reasonable and respectable, are the leaders of the mainstream political parties. New Labour and the Tory party have attempted to outdo each other in a battle to devise even more draconian policy proposals and ever more vicious targeting of some of the most vulnerable people in Britain. Stan Crook looks at New Labour's record. In the early hours of 5th of August 2001, Fasat Yildiz, a 22-year-old Kurdish asylum seeker, was stabbed to death in the Site Hill housing scheme in Glasgow. A few days later, another asylum seeker was stabbed in one of the high-rise flats on the scheme. These were no isolated incidents. Over the preceding 14 months, 70 attacks on asylum seekers living in Site Hill had been reported to the police, but this figure represents only the tip of the iceberg. A doctor in the local health centre reported that almost every day he had to treat asylum seekers who had been attacked on the street. Politicians, the media and the police were quick to condemn such instances of street-level violence. Such condemnations were in contrast to their silence about the more pervasive, legalised violence inflicted on asylum seekers by successive governments, Tory and Labour alike. Around 1,700 asylum seekers are held in prisons or detention centres at any one time. Most of them are held in prisons where they can be locked up for up to 23 hours a day, rather than detention centres. Those detained include refugees who have been victims of torture and imprisonment in their own country. New Labour plans to create a further 1,800 places for the detention of asylum seekers. In 1998, the United Nations Commission on Human Rights visited the UK to inspect detention centre conditions for asylum seekers. Its report raised eight matters of concern and made 15 recommendations. Five of, the recommenda five of the matters of concern and 12 of the recommendations continue to be completely ignored by the UK authorities. The rest have been only partly addressed. Most asylum seekers, it is true, are not detained. While awaiting the outcome of their asylum application, most asylum seekers are supported by the National Asylum Support Service. But this is little better than a system of open detention. Asylum seekers are often given one no-choice offer of accommodation, usually on a rundown isolated housing scheme, the Site Hill scheme in Glasgow. Suffering from high unemployment, widespread drug abuse, poor housing conditions and basic grinding poverty is a typical example. People on that estate complained, truthfully or not, about asylum seekers getting fridges, cookers and washing machines. The reason why they complain is clear. Is clear. It is because they either do not themselves have these very basic things, or what they do have is worn out. Replacements cannot be afforded. It is crime that people do not have such things. It is tragically foolish that they blame people even worse off than they themselves are. Equally poor was the accommodation provided in Liverpool by Landmark, a private company contracted to provide accommodation for NASS. One asylum seeker housed in Liverpool recently won a court case that his rights under Article 3 of the European Human Rights Convention, the right not to suffer inhuman or degrading treatment, had been breached by the poor quality of the NASS accommodation. 
Until April of last year, asylum seekers received financial support from the benefits agency or their local social services department. Asylum seekers who have arrived in the UK since then receive vouchers. The total value of the vouchers is just 70% of income support rates. Only one of the vouchers worth £10 can be exchanged for cash. The rest must be exchanged directly for purchases in shops. The government has stipulated that no change may be given if the value of the purchases is less than the value of the vouchers offered. The vouchers are issued to the asylum seekers only as long as they remain in the NASS accommodation with which they have been provided. Thus, the vouchers not only condemn asylum seekers to poverty, they also confine them to their allocated NASS address. The NASS system is about punishment, not cost-cutting. It is more expensive to administer than state welfare payments or social work payments. Absurdly, the cost of the NASS administration last year, £6.1 million, were greater than the value of the NASS vouchers issued, £5.1 million. Government procedures for dealing with asylum claims are designed to undermine the asylum seekers' chances of succeeding. Applicants are allowed only 10 working days to complete, in English, a lengthy questionnaire about their claim. At short notice, applicants are instructed to attend a home office interview, sometimes hundreds of miles away from their NASS accommodation, about their asylum claim. Failure to return a questionnaire in time or failure to attend an interview results in rejection of the claim for non-compliance. In the past 12 months, the number of non-compliance refusals has jumped from 9% to 27% of all rejections. Asylum seekers whose claims are considered to be manifestly unfounded simply on the basis of the application's nationality are sent to Oakington Detention Centre in Cambridge. Countries on the Oakington list, where there is supposedly no real risk of persecution, include Cameroon, the Ivory Coast, China, Zimbabwe and Iraqi Kurdistan all of which have appalling human rights records. Given that such claims are assumed to be, quote, manifestly unfounded, end quote, even before they have been explained, their rejection is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Of the 6,812 claims dealt with at Oakington to date, just 33 were granted refugee status. After exhaustion of their rights of appeal, savagely reduced by legislation passed in 1999, asylum seekers are in line for deportation. Dissatisfied with what they regard as the Tories' inadequate performance in kicking out asylum seekers, New Labour has promised that it will deport 30,000 rejected asylum seekers this year. This systematic and escalating attack on asylum seekers, the increased use of detention, the allocation of inadequate housing, the infliction of a sub-poverty level standard of living, the knee-jerk rejection of asylum applications, reduced rights of appeal and mass deportations has been accompanied by ever more hysterical denunciations of refugees. Asylum seeker has been made synonymous with scrounger by the press. In boasting of its commitment to produce a fall in the number of new asylum claims, New Labour has identified asylum seekers as a problem to be contained. The Tories have talked about the country being flooded by asylum seekers. The fascist British National Party has jumped on the bandwagon by denouncing asylum seekers as a threat to the British way of life. Such denunciations of asylum seekers by politicians and the media have rightly been condemned by TGWU union leader Bill Morris for giving, quote, giving life to racists, end quote. And it is asylum seekers who are paying the price, some with their lives. 
for the politicians' anti-refugee demagogy. Racist attacks on asylum seekers can never be excused. When Glasgow City Council proposed evicting a tenant for racially harassing asylum seekers, it was a serious mistake for Scottish Socialist Party MSP Tommy Sheridan to promise barricades to prevent the eviction and for the Socialist Workers' Party to circulate an open letter in opposition to the eviction. But at the same time, the real culprits, those who have whipped up an atmosphere of hatred towards asylum seekers and thereby legitimised violence against them, should be exposed and challenged. Immigration. Their lies and our replies. 1. Britain is a soft touch for asylum seekers. But who could reasonably think that asylum seekers living on 70% of income support, paid in vouchers while being forcibly dispersed to areas where few people speak your language, housed in accommodation no one else will touch, and being prevented from working means Britain is a soft touch. Britain is regarded as a mean and inhospitable place by many of the world's most vulnerable people, and that is a national disgrace. 2. Britain is being flooded by asylum seekers and immigrants. Asylum seekers, refugees in non-jargon language, are, in fact, a tiny proportion of the population, a much smaller proportion of the population than in most European countries. Britain's draconian legislation keeps it that way. These laws are some of the most severe in the world, Families are separated, and primary immigration, that is, immigration by those who are not joining their immediate family in Britain, was ended by legislation passed in 1971. Still, what if there were large numbers of immigrants coming to Britain? Would that really be a problem? Migration across the European Union is now unrestricted. No one thinks that this immigration policy is a problem. That is because these immigrants are mainly white. The problem of asylum seekers is code for a problem with black people. British immigration laws are drenched with racism. They are directly and explicitly designed to keep out black Africans, West Indians, and people from India and Pakistan. Three, Britain is full up, and to accept many more immigrants would cause poverty and hardship for those already here. Clearly, conditions in many inner city areas are intolerable, but overcrowded housing, unemployment, and a deteriorating national health service are the result not of immigration, but of years of cuts and underfunding, first by the Tories and now by new Labour. If every asylum seeker were deported tomorrow, these problems would remain, and the capitalist class would simply have to find a new scapegoat to take the blame. The problem is ruled by a capitalist government, pledged to protect profits at the expense of the poor. That government must be replaced by a workers' government, which will solve the housing crisis by renovating or building homes for all. 4. More immigration leads to unemployment. During the post-war boom in the 1950s, the British capitalists, who were short of labour, ran recruiting campaigns in Africa and the West Indies. Black workers came to work in Britain's low-paid basic industries. When the economic boom slowed down, the door was closed, using new immigration laws. Black people were no longer welcomed by the British bosses, and then black people perversely began to be blamed for a crisis emerging in the capitalist system a crisis which they had nothing to do with and no control over at all. There is now a recession in manufacturing industries, cars and textiles. Who is to blame? Black and Asian people? That's ridiculous. Blame the government and their friends. They and their system cause unemployment. Rather than turn inwards and fight each other, workers should look to a workers' solution, a united solution to this crisis. 
Unemployment could be solved by cutting the working week with no loss of pay, so that all workers, black and white, have work. Who will pay? Make the capitalists pay. The top 5% of the population own 37% of the wealth, while the bottom 50% own only 8% of the wealth. Make the capitalists, not other workers, pay. The answer to housing shortages is to renovate or build more homes. There are about a quarter of a million unemployed building workers. Fight for toleration and united action. Workers of different cultures and backgrounds can and must get along. If we are divided, only the bosses will benefit. If the labour movement works to unionise immigrant workers, to win a cut in the working week and to fight the ruling capitalist class, then we will all benefit. Solidarity with the Roma People by Kathy Nugent During 2000, hysterical media debate about asylum seekers targeted gypsies, specifically Roma people from Eastern Europe. The Roma people share the same roots but are made up of many culturally diverse groups worldwide. Not all gypsies are Roma. Roma asylum seekers in Britain are generally fleeing from persecution in the Balkans and Eastern Europe. The persecution of Roma is centuries long and acute. For example, Roma were kept as slaves in the Balkans right up to the 19th century, and the Nazis built on Europe-wide pass laws, compulsory ethnic registration for gypsies, to attempt to solve the, quote, gypsy problem, unquote. The Nazis claimed Roma were an inferior race and should be gassed to death. Somewhere between 200,000 and half a million gypsies lost their lives through starvation and disease in concentration camps, or through murder. European society is still scarred by the effects of this genocide against the Roma. It has scarcely been acknowledged as a historical fact, still less recognised as the enormous tragedy it was. Consequently, virulent racism against Roma is thoroughly acceptable and commonplace. Racism against Roma and gypsies in Europe is found even among people who would regard themselves as liberal or even anti-racist. Roma are seen as irrevocably different, perennial troublemakers and habitual criminals. They deserve whatever retaliation comes their way. In a world still riven with national division, the Roma people seem destined to be forever punished and for not fitting in, or conversely for standing out. They are accused of not wanting to be part of this society, but then they are stopped from participating in it. Without a homeland of their own, and in the past they had no aspirations to one, the Roma have struggled to maintain their existence as a peculiarly marginalised national minority in many different countries. When Roma from the Czech Republic first came to Britain in 1987, they received a very hostile reception from the British press. Quote, gypsies invade Dover hoping for a handout, end quote, screamed one headline. The papers touted the line of British immigration authorities, a line still maintained today, that there is no evidence of discrimination in the Czech Republic and therefore Roma are not entitled to asylum. This is an outrageous lie. The facts about discrimination against Roma are well known. Unfortunately, successive UK governments have been keen to preserve their relationship with countries like the Czech Republic where Roma faced some of the worst persecution. Common racist complaint in the press hysteria is that gypsies have, quote, alien, end quote, customs and lifestyles, begging, for instance. Such racist attitudes are built upon long-time prejudice against Roma and other travelling people in the UK. Irish travellers are not Roma, but are treated in the same way. These racist ideas state gypsies have always refused to integrate into a, quote, host society, end quote, This is willful, unreasonable behaviour. These people are sly. They want to be foreign. Labour Minister Paul Boateng 
demonstrated this unthinking racism when he told the media that Romanian Roma could not expect to keep their culture of begging when in Britain. With his articulate barrister tones, he said, quote, they can jolly well think again, end quote. Paul Boateng wouldn't dream of, adopt, um, of, adopted, of having adopted such a stance towards any other group. Such attitudes are more extreme in Eastern Europe, where they are large communities of Roma. In Europe, the Roma have been decreed illegal residents in their own property, Austria, banished beyond municipal boundaries, Czech Republic, been subject to racist discrimination in schooling, Serbia, hounded and beaten up by the police, Romania, Bulgaria. A recent OSCE report highlights physical attacks on Roma. In Croatia, a 49-year-old man is thrown onto rocks and kicked. Molotov cocktails are thrown into the bedroom window of three sleeping children in the Czech town of Tanvald. A 16-year-old Macedonian girl and her brother are attacked outside their school, and so on and so on. In many instances of skinhead violence, police are reluctant to investigate the crimes as being racially motivated, and when these cases are prosecuted, the courts do not automatically return the appropriate verdict, even when people have been murdered. Yet the courts do not hesitate to mete out punishment against Roma. Sentencing policies against Roma are often especially harsh. Racist attacks are most prevalent in the Czech Republic, Bulgaria and the Slovak Republic, but they have also occurred in Albania, Austria, Bosnia, Croatia, Hungary, Poland, Romania, Russia, Ukraine and Serbia. Violence is also meted out by the police. Roma can be excluded from public schooling. In certain countries of Central and Eastern Europe, Romani children have been put into, quote, special schools, end quote, for the mentally disabled. The effect is to automatically disqualify Romani children from admission to certain secondary and tertiary educational institutions. Of course, a large percentage of Romani children avoid school because they are made to feel unwelcome. For the same reason, parents will keep their children out of school. Rates of unemployment, poverty, illiteracy, poor health, e.g. tuberculosis, and infant mortality are extremely high among Roma. Ghettoisation of Roma into settlements only serves to exacerbate these problems. High unemployment among Roma does not just occur in the poorest Central and Eastern European countries. In the Czech Republic, where the general unemployment rate is 10%, 70% of Roma are unemployed. Roma communities have been particularly hard hit by the collapse of Stalinist command economies and the transition to market economies. As state industries and agricultural concerns closed or were privatised, Roma tended to be the first to lose their jobs. Politicians are often very blatant about repeating the racial stereotyping. For instance, a former prime minister of the Slovak Republic, Vladimir Mikheya, referred to the Romani community's relatively high birth rate and publicly evoked the spectre, quote, that this population ratio will be changing to the benefit of the Romanis. That is why if we don't deal with them now, then they will deal with us in time, end quote. There is a dreadful paranoia stirred up here. In the end, such remarks do, in the minds of brainless idiots, legitimate racist attacks. Indeed, the so-called criminality of, quote, gypsies, end quote, has been used to excuse criminal attacks against them. When 18-year-old Slovakian Roma, Mario Goral, was beaten unconscious, doused in flammables and set alight and died, Jan Slota, the leader of the Slovak National Party, dismissed the crime as a reaction to, quote, high gypsy crime rates, end quote. The labour movement in Britain needs to make itself aware of the dangerous situation for Roma in Europe, to arm itself with the arguments against the politicians who stir up hatred, 
against asylum seekers, to expose racism against all gypsies and to be prepared to organise solidarity, particularly with those Roma seeking asylum in Britain.